Hello, and welcome to Ticket to Game Hedge, the podcast that discusses the science of how to get your friends and family to like our favorite band, Fish. We'll share stories from the community on how people discovered Fish and what makes this band so damn special. So join us as we stamp your ticket to Game Hedge. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my great friend, Kresha. All right, here we go. Episode 10. Can you believe it? We've reached 10. Oh, my goodness. That's not getting, uh, not getting edited out, by the way, if they're googly-eyed. That's okay. Uh, episode 10, uh, uh, Ticket to Game Hinge, the podcast where we talk about all the great ways, scientifically, anecdotally, whatever we come up with to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish. Uh, before we jump into our menu, which today consists of uh, some side projects, a little bit of science around does absence make the heart grow fonder? Uh, and we'll even talk a little bit about maybe hype up tonight's return, the triumphant return of dinner in a movie, which I think will all tie in together. But before that, I just wanted to follow up on a couple of things from last week. Um, first and foremost, just real quick, I referenced a quote about critics. Uh, we were talking about critics, and I forget why. We were reviewing Burn It Down, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And then I think, yeah, from there we kind of talked about bittersweet motel and the and the whole critic question could coming up right so anyway the quote that i found is actually an ernest hemingway quote oh nice and it re- and it reads uh critics are men who watch a battle from a high place then come down and shoot the survivors <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly hemingway's been stung once or twice by a yeah yeah, it's quite uh, cerebral. Um, and then the other piece of follow-up is uh, I, I got around to watching Joker um, uh, with a little, you know, based on what we were talking about uh, last week, we uh, we took a couple of nights to watch it. Um, not And Megan watched it with me. Not the typical movie for her. Um, she likes comedies. She doesn't like uh, a, a, a lot of what she saw. Um, life now or what? I, no, I don't know. She hasn't really talked about it since, uh, but she wanted to go back to it on night two. She's the one who brought it up. Um, I wasn't sure if she was going to want to finish it or just let me finish it and kind of tell her what happened, which she's done be, uh, in the past on movies like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, great, great performance, obviously. Um, the violence it's it's almost funny that the lack of it in times made when it did happen so much more impactful and it escalated very quickly in the moment you could only, i mean you could feel it coming you could see it coming but it was very visceral when it happened you know um the impact of it kind of reminded me of a movie uh, called drive with ryan gosling from 2011 yep. right when the violence hits in that movie it's very visceral. So, um, yeah, really, really good movie in a lot of ways, but very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. At, uh, and I think the older I get, the more I find those types of things uncomfortable. They, those situations seem more real, and they seem more fantasy-like in my 20s. Was it, was, would you agree with my horribly well done? Can you see where at least that came from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally uh almost like you know like you feel you feel you feel bad for him and yet at the same time you're like you're a monster Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally um and 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 that's been a recent movement starting with tv really with tony uh tony soprano like from the sopranos back from like the late 90s that's been a very very big trend uh in in male male characters troubled 
dark, yet we root for them anyway. If you think about Walter White, um, right, in uh, Breaking Bad. That's probably why I don't love Breaking Bad either. I'm like, I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, Don Draper in Mad Men, similar. Uh, yeah, the guy in Boardwalk Empire. There's a ton of characters. Dexter. There's all these characters that are really, really bad, yet we somehow root for it. It's a, it's a strange condition we have. But, um, yeah, good movie. You know, if yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone who can who can withstand it. I don't think it's the most uncomfortable movie. Um, oh, there's a uncomfortable movie. What's the most uncomfortable movie? So the one I immediately think of, and it's one that like really shocked me um, that I still remember, and I just won't watch again, uh, is Requiem for a Dream with Jared Leto. Oh, Jesus, yeah, right, awful, oh. right, yeah. It's 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 almost a movie that any any young adult needs to see, but shouldn't have to see no, again. Nobody should see that. That should be buried and forgotten. Really? Wow. Nothing. You learn. Here's the thing. You learn something from watching the Joker. There's a benefit that you get. There's an mm-hmm. understanding, you know, that you can get from Requiem from a Dream or whatever. You don't get anything, man. Nothing. Really? Yep. I got I got how how slippery that slope is when people get onto that drug and doing and doing what I do. Um, I've worked with people that have seen that slope from, you know, people in the neighborhood, if if you will, going from healthy and normal, and then within a year, just you know, awful. All you have to do is look back and in, in the people that we went to high school with to learn that lesson. You don't have to watch that piece of yeah. trash. Yeah, it's sad, Even, man. I will add, since have you ever seen a movie named, and again, my top uncomfortable movie, that one's number one. I fully agree with you. Number two is a movie called Bully. Hmm. It hmm. was, do you remember that movie Kids? I was just going to say, I was thinking Kids. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Stucky. Oh my God, that movie. It's the oh, I hated that movie. That might be, oh, that might take out Requiem for a Dream. No, no. Requiem. I hated that movie, but it, but that, yeah, that stuck with me. He did, he did another one called Bully. Oh, okay. He don't do not watch it. Okay. Terrible, mm. uncomfortable. You feel awful. You just feel mm. awful after. Okay, I'm tired of feeling like this. I want to talk about fish. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, what are we doing? Okay, let's talk about fish. Um, side projects. I uh, so we 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 talked about it last week. I. I asked the community if they would uh, give me a top three on Reddit. I got a few answers. Um, Not a lot of variation. Uh, Oysterhead, I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, I mean, some of the most recent live shows that we've seen from Trey have been Oysterhead shows. And those were, what are we talking now, seven, eight months ago. Um, And we were lucky enough to see them in 2001, uh, which which still to this day is, is I remember that experience. I remember driving down with you and your wife, then girlfriend. Yeah. Right, you guys hadn't been together very, very long. I insisted that we listen to Dave's Dave's new live in Chicago um, on the way down, and I remember we were listening to a song called "The Last Stop," which I kind of referenced on an earlier episode of our podcast here, in that it was a song that on the album I didn't really like, and then finally a live version came out, and I really, really liked it, and it was that version that I played for you guys, and it was the particular part at the end where they do, where they do a do a change that isn't on the album but all of a sudden is live 
and then the crowd and i had to make a point of pointing that part out to you guys right like like it was one of those okay okay everybody shut up shut up here it comes <laughs> it was one of yeah but then yeah i like i remember hanging outside of massey hall and seeing all the characters hanging around and talking with people and then small small venue and um just when they came out just oh it was awesome pseudo suicide remember that <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, so good um is it funny yeah. That, uh, is it funny that yesterday was Les Claypool's birthday and today is Trey Anastasia's birthday? I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. Med? So meta, man. <laughs> When's uh, Stuart Stuart Copeland's birthday? I don't know. I got my phone here. I can look it up. I gotcha. I'm on it. Here we go. Stuart <laughs> Copeland. He is. Uh, let's see here. July sixteenth, nineteen fifty-two. Sixty-eight. Looking good. Good for him. Um, so Oysterhead was a very, very um, popular one. Um, great, great band. And the fact that they're still kind of going. No new material, really, but they're still kind of going, which is awesome. Um, we talked about Ghosts of the Forest last week. Uh, Vita Blue was brought up. There was one um, Mike Gordon band. How do you say it? Ogo, 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 Ogo? I have no idea. Yeah, that was brought up a few times, and I didn't know what it was. Uh, Pork Tornado was referenced as being the both, only thing. Both crappy and good. <laughs> um, but one, one when I was listing it off last week, I, I, I had gone to the Live Fish app, and I was listing off all of the potential um, the side, side projects. And I, and I was sort of paused at Trey Anastasio and Don Hart, and I, went, and I didn't really know what that was. Uh, but I kind of made a commitment coming out of our conversation last week to listen to a few more of the side project albums yep. in the background. As I mentioned before, I'm going back to 2009 and I'm up to um, early August when they're running through the gorge right now. And at that time, time turns elastic was getting played a lot. It was, it was the single coming off of joy. Um, so I was just curious about the song and I just kind of looked it up and then I saw that the last time it's been played was October of 2010. Like it, it's been 10 years nearly since they played that song and they just played it for a very short period of time. And I was just, was hearing it a lot and starting to like it, but then starting to not. And just, it was just a song that was sticking with me. So I started to do some searching on the song. Um, and I guess before I really get into it, because I have some notes and I have some thoughts, what's your take on Time Turns Elastic? It's a song that we've never brought up. It's a song that is very polarizing from what I've gathered, um, but mostly people don't like it. I think it's, I, I like it. I think it's great. It's, it, I, to be honest, I haven't given it much thought till you brought it up. And I was like, oh yeah. Right, because it, it just sort of, just sort of fades into the like- You never listen to the albums, right? You listen to yeah. them live. Yeah, you know, and and when I started to get back back on the train, I think one of the first things that I did was I went back and I listened to the Baker's Dozen because I figured that's going to essentially give me the catalog and kind of bring me up to speed. And that song didn't even make the cut for Baker's Dozen, where they really went deep, you know. And um, so, yeah, digging into it, I learned a few things. It was um, a song that he essentially crafted while while he was in his drug court rehab. He was putting, yeah, so uh, Trey, Trey really got into The Power of Now, a really, really popular book, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you're probably well aware of it. But for those that aren't aware of it, in a nutshell, The Power of Now is all about you don't know anything about the future. The past is gone. All you really know uh, is right now and living in this moment. 
And um, Trey's, Trey's really, you know, I, I don't think it's a secret if you've heard an interview about Trey, he's referenced it and talked about that concept many times and brings it into the music. It's all about being in the moment and where you are. Um, so I think he was really getting into that at the time of writing this and time turns elastic is about the concept of time and how it, and how it can bend and your perceptions of it change. You know, I talk about it a lot with people that the more you experience something, the shorter that thing seems to be. And the years of your life are a really good example of that, right? Each passing year of your life seems faster than the prior year. Does it not? Right. Each, each, each passing year in your business, is much faster if you think back to to the first year that you guys were operating it's probably very in focus because you're experiencing a lot of those things for the first time right yeah, yeah. you can probably remember your first 10 clients right nope no okay bad example no, or if no. you think about but you're right like what you're yeah. saying is right you know like you look at you know you look at like life with like kind of like ad and bc is like pre-kids post-kids mm-hmm yeah. And like how much faster time moves with kids. Is there a siren every single <laughs> Oh, perfect. Yeah. And the way I often explain it to people with your life is that, and I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but I think it's interesting is that if you view uh, your life in the form of a pie chart where each slice of the pie is a year, right? Yeah. When you're four years old, the slice of your pie is 25 percent of your life so one year to you and you're four is a ton of time because you haven't experienced many years yet and then obviously as you go to 10 years your pie gets smaller or your slices get smaller and smaller a year is still a year a minute is still a minute but your perception of it changes based on your experiences of it and i'll bet it's true of fish fans that have been to say 300 shows they can probably tell you a lot of detail about shows one through say 10 but show 246 versus show, you know, 187. I wonder, do you know what I mean? Would they all blend together a little bit more? What do you think? No, anyway, but those are the things I think about and that was sort of reading about when I was reading about time turns elastic and the concept of time and how it can shift. And then evidently like a ton of energy was put into this song, you know, really went back to really has like five, six, like different sections. It, it kind of jumps. It's got a ton of lyrics. There's a lot going on in this song and you can tell it's something that was labored over and obsessed over for a long period of time. He partners with Don Hart, who's an arranger and composer and they bring in a symphony and they record it and they perform it live in a few ways, but he was really doing it with the, with, with the fish reunion in mind. Right, so brings it to the band. The band, the band starts playing it. They record it. They play it for the first time, May thirty first, two thousand nine, at Fenway Park of all places, right? And then they say at the end of it, "Yeah, that's our single." And I, when I heard that show earlier this year for the first time, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, that was their single, their first single off of Joy, which is great. And it's like the band tried and tried and tried, and it just seems that the fans just didn't take it. Right. It, it, it just seemed to be um, th there was some terminology that went on at the time that people got TTE'd, you know, oh, I was at a show and I got TTE'd. Yet there are parts of that song that I think are great. It's just I, I just don't think it could really find its place. And I just wonder, I'll kind of wrap it up and I'll ask this question. I just wonder if it I think it would be a very personal song to, to trade because when he wrote it, going through what he was going through and then to be. I would imagine he really wanted it to become a great fish song because they were playing it a lot, right? And it was sort of 
in 2.0, you, you didn't really get those types of songs, these uh, compositions that, you know, spread 15, 17 minutes, whatever it is. And for it to be sort of put down and have to be shelved, I just wonder how defeating or how upsetting that might be. Or if the reason it's been put down is because it's an, it is incredibly personal and then there was some other reason why they got rid of it. I don't know. But when I hear it, I, I like it. I like it. It's just, I, I just wonder if it could have a new life, if there's a possibility for that. So I don't think just based on, you know, what I know and how they've handled other songs, I think he has zero weight into what we think about the music. I think so too. But the general feeling is that. I think the reason know, that it got shelved or that it's been 10 years is there's probably sections of it that he personally did not like the way that they were coming across live. Mm like the horns, you know, like those really composed sections where there's a lot of other musicians and a lot of things happening. Yeah, if, if, yeah. If, if the, I think the only reason this band would ever shelf a song is because one of them isn't happy with the way that it sounds. You know, thankfully we wouldn't get, you know, like the amount of criticism that always accompanies Fish with anything that they do. Like at this point, you can't possibly care right so it's funny like what you just said is completely logical <laughs> totally logical and i think anybody in the band would basically say yeah there's just we just decided not to play it and and it's that simple occam's razor right the simplest uh, solution is the most likely and um but maybe i just bought into what i think a lot of fish fans do they theorize they yeah they not necessarily spread a conspiracy but add fuel to a fire that doesn't necessarily need it but that's part of what kind of makes being a fish fan all about is we don't know so it's that's you true. know you know and that can be better in your own mind than the reality like the ending of lost right that show cannot live up to the ending that people wanted it to be in their own mind therefore it failed right so I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe there's something about that. And the smoke monster had no point one or the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, like, that. listen, man, I think that's why the reason that there's so much at one of the reasons that there's so much respect and admiration for this band is because they don't give two shits what we think. That is a commendable position, you know, for anything in life, especially in 2020, when we are enamored, obsessed with what other people think. Right. The fact that like this four dudes showing up being like, I don't care if there's one person here or 10,000 people here, we're going to play because we want to hear this music played live. You've won. You are the winners. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about something. You put a poll on Reddit uh, yeah. about, I, I basically summed it up into, and, and maybe incorrectly, but I've summed it down to, does absence make the heart grow fonder? Yep. And, and the topic of that, and the, the actual uh, poll that you put out, unless you remember the wording of it, I can bring it up in a second. Um, the wording is the people, who are, the people who are like the neutrals, right? Or like, I like this band, but I don't love them like us. You know, not everyone has a, a podcast about a band. Um, is this absence making them miss the band more or are they going to forget about the band? Right. Um, and pretty overwhelming response uh, uh, of, your, of your 56 votes, 48 people voted that they will care more for fish when this I is over. And I disagree. You don't I think that's the reality? Like you think that's sort of a, a BS answer? 
I think the people, I think they're viewing it through their lens. I think the fact that, uh, that they miss fish so much, right. They miss fish so much, right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and you read these crazy articles that life's never going to get back to the way it was. And you're just like, are you like, are you kidding me, man? Mm -hmm. Um, that to me is hard to hear and that's depressing and the longer that it goes you know and the longer now they're spreading out dinner in a movie which i'm super thankful for by the way regardless but like yeah. you know like somebody posted like this thing when chris farley did i think like letterman like him like going down the aisles and like going all crazy and, and <laughs> it was like when i get yeah, into yeah. my first venue right and i'm like right. exactly right that's exactly what we're gonna be like but for yeah. people who are like moving on i don't know man you know, yeah. like, there's other bands to listen to. There's other things to get into. If you're not, you know, if you're not a fanatic, you know, and the further you spend apart, the tougher that it gets, the tougher that it gets. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you in a sense. I think I wonder if the demographic or the audience will shift a bit, right? Like it's, regardless, it can never stay the same, right? So shift yeah, obviously, obviously. But yeah, I was reading a thread the other day about, um, uh, someone who essentially said that they discovered that they can do some other things with their vacation time that they would that they in the past would take all of their vacation time and do nothing but see fish right i read that right too. you know and I, and yeah. uh yeah and i kind of get that right we all kind of take on like different hobbies i get into different things and that's you know i can appreciate that um you know i wish we had an answer to when it was going to be but the only thing we know now is that it's going to be longer than we had originally thought now even next year i think comes into question with the way things are going i think it's already done to be honest i don't yeah. ex i don't expect anything for next year yeah so um yeah it's too bad it's interesting when you when you google does absence make the heart grow fonder um there's a few articles in there and they really only tie it to people uh like your stereotypical type of a relationship, um, long distance relationships and that sort of thing. And the science there shows that absence does make the heart grow fonder, yeah. that as long as the people are willing to put in some effort, that the type of relationship that's built through distance is very, very different than the type of relationship that's built from people that live in the same proximity because they have less face time. The quality of the time that they have is is much much better because they don't have the quantity it's not as watered down right so they tend to get into more deeper deeper conversations about the relationship and talk about more serious things than if you just happen to be in the same space as somebody all the time you know that was the only thing that i could really find but i started to compare that to the relationship between the band and the fans and over time um you know when you look at the types of things that trey has put on like social media and the types of material that's come out it's gotten more personal right well listen so, if you were to say you know what band is doing the best to to interact and to with their fans fish is doing the best mm. so like you mentioned when you read that article and it's about you know like the the two parties and and they're doing things to actively create a relationship the stuff that fish is doing compared to other bands is absolutely you know they're doing everything that they can to keep the fans engaged and to keep them caring and mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, I think if I were to compare, if there was a control group, right, we, if we were to look at the average band, whatever that is, and what their neutrals are going to do, the people who care about fish are going to care about, stay caring about fish for a longer period of time compared to the average band. Yeah. You know, but I yeah. think, but I think over time, life goes on, man. Yeah.
It, it's interesting you say that because in terms of the types of engagement, I would say, and it's probably has something to do with the fact that they're managed by the same company. Dave Matthews is, is what they're doing. They're showing, they're calling it um, uh, uh, a drive drive-in or something like that, but they were doing it every Wednesday night when Fish had dinner and movie on Tuesday nights. They're down to about a once a month um, plan. So they're doing that. Uh, Dave is popping up on social media, doing his own things, doing live. He's playing all the time. So there's, there, there is that level, but there's not many that are doing that. They're dropping new music maybe, but they're not staying engaged. You're right. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. A very good point. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, about just post COVID-19. I mean, I had that note down, but, but really we don't know when post COVID-19 is right. There's a lot of things that are up in the air in terms of vaccines and if that stuff is coming. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I wonder though, it'd be interesting to see the size of tonight's dinner in a movie compared to the last few, because it's been gone for a little bit. And to answer the question, does absence make the heart grow fonder? Will more people, tune in tune in tonight than they did say you know a month ago or a month and a half ago i wonder yeah. i think i think there's a lot to tune in for for tonight like yes i'm super pissed this is literally three days after the first show that i ever went to is it really yeah that's right july um, 20, 20 99 yeah they played toronto hmm. And that was my first show. And I'm like, you sons of a bitch. And I know it's going to be an awesome show. I know it's awesome. So I'm grateful. Yeah. Part of me is just like, you son of a gun. Yeah, it's one of the few 1.0 dinner and movies that's been put out where the uh, show is actually available already. For the most part, the 1.0 shows that have been put on, put on dinner and movie came out on Live Fish later on. So this is one that more people will be familiar with. And I don't want to necessarily spoil it for anybody who's going in blind, but I will say the second set is a five song set. And when there's a five song set, you know, it's on. That's okay. like, I, I am curious, maybe this is a question to pose, but I wonder how many people listen to the sets the same way that we do. I don't I, see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, how do we listen to a set? It's really easy. You pick a date and then you hit play and you don't know, like, unless you really know the show, right yeah. and you know like you just kind of you pretend like you're there and you're and you're in and you're you know partaking in the storytelling yeah i do this thing and my wife laughs at me because um what i do is i download the shows offline so that i can play them in my car because i drive in the countryside and it drops right. in and out i don't want to pay for the data but i also don't want to know what's coming next so what i do i have to go into the show and I cover up half of the screen with my hand so I, <laughs> I can't see the names of the songs. And then I download it and back out. And then when I hit play, I literally hit play and look away and close my phone so I don't know. I have a, I have a mantra. Like I, I don't, because I can't tell myself not to look at it. Because if you tell yourself not to look at it, you're going to look at it. That's the way that it goes. Okay. Right? So my yeah. mantra, like I pick an object and I'm like, look at this object. Look at you know the green army guy. Look at the green army guy. Look at the green army. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, are you going to watch tonight, or are you holding off to wait for the weekend? I am going to watch. So this is what this is what I'm hoping for. This would be a perfect. Uh, this would be a perfect for me. I'm not going to watch tonight uh, because myself and Rochelle watch tomorrow night. So I'm hoping to watch the second set. I think we're going to start at the second set first. Mm. We can get into the craziness. 
which part of me is super upset because I'm OCD. Like when you hit, when there's a show, you start at the start yeah. and, and you go to the end. So what ended up happening was, is we fall asleep, right? Like we're good for the first set. Rochelle will fall asleep. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather watch with her the second set. We're like <laughs> second set of fish, man. Like, let's be serious here. Yeah. We're both early risers. I mean, we're both up, up like you're up what? Four, four thirty most days. Four thirty. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. I'm like five, but yeah. I don't know why that's not that big of a difference, but in my brain, it feels, feels big. It starts um, with four. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's early. So uh, yeah, most nights, nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock, I start to nod off, unfortunately. Although if I'm off the following day, I'll push myself and I'll stay up. Like I was up late last night. It was good. Um, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to have this up in the next few minutes. We'll get it up live. And then, uh, you know, after we can listen, even before tonight's dinner and a movie, it'll be good. Cool. That's it. We're done. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. It helps us a lot. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and stay safe.